Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama, Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, welcome, welcome listeners. Hey, we're going to be speaking on the subject today of, uh, it's a two-part, it's a seek ye first the kingdom. Jesus told us, you know, now that uh, he's our Lord and Savior, we belong to him. We've been purchased with his precious blood, so we can come to Daddy direct. And he says, uh... Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear, what you shall wear. He was just basically saying, don't allow the cares of the world to just overwhelm you. And he summed it up in Matthew, started at Matthew 6.25 when he said, take no thought for your life. Then he went to say the birds of the air and all of this. And then he summed it up at 6.33. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And we started off this broadcast, we were talking before the broadcast, about just trusting and having faith in God. And, and our jump off scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, where he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Well, that's part of the seek ye first. You got to start trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not to your own understanding. And we were just talking about, you know, when trials and tribulations, the cares of life come on us, we go everywhere but to the Lord first. And he says, come to me. And the scripture also says in James, if you lack wisdom, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him come to God who gives liberally to all. So God desires us to come to him with our issues and with our cares. Because he said, you know, in First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon me. And we were just talking before the broadcast about, you know, Friends, you know, or relatives. In my case, I have some relatives that got incarcerated. And when they, and they were teenagers in the early 20s. But they would call me when they got to jail and then want my help. And I would always tell them, well, you should have called me before you committed the deed. And I would have gave you some wisdom and you wouldn't be in that situation. So I believe God's telling us the same thing. He says, before... Again, acknowledge me in all your ways. Before you make a move, you know, little things like crossing the street, you don't have to pray and ask for that. But, but certain things, he said, come and acknowledge me about it and allow me to direct your path. And as Christians, we seem to forget that or we don't do that. We just go and we do things and then they don't work out the way we desire them to work out. 
And then we want to go cry, oh, Lord, help me. And he said, well, if you would have came to me first, like I required that you seek first my way, I would have gave you the wisdom to handle this situation or take the right path. I would have directed your path. And I would tell my nephews that, you know, you guys should have called me first before you went and did the stupid thing you went and done. I would have gave you some wisdom on why you shouldn't have done that and you wouldn't be there. <laughs> and we're like that. Again, we're like that with uh, our Heavenly Father. Well, you know, there's a saying that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to gain permission. Right. And I think a lot of Christians live their life by that motto. That I'll go do what I want to do, and then I'll ask God for forgiveness. Because if I ask God for permission to do this, or if it's a wise thing to do, or should I, he might say no. So I'll I'll skip that step, and then if it doesn't work out, or it turns out to be wrong, then I'll just ask for forgiveness, because, of course, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So I will just do what I feel like doing, and then, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. I, I've had people talk, and I've talked to people where, it was clear they knew really that they shouldn't do what they were about to do. And it was kind of in the back of their mind that they knew it. And I've talked to them and say, did you read scripture? And they said, no. I said, you know, there is the scripture that talks about this. And they said, yeah, but we didn't really want to, to do that. We, I wanted to do this. And this happens a lot with women. Um, women will know they shouldn't marry a man. And or yet they versa. think they can change. Oh, or vice versa. <laughs> well, I mean, it happens. But I mean, I talked to a lot more women who thought they could change the guy. Right. Than right. I talked to men who thought they could change the woman. Right, 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 right. And, um, and you talk to people and, and they know down deep that what they're going to do, they probably shouldn't have done. But they're in love. But they just wanted to do it anyway. And it's not just love, but I'm, and that is a case, but. You know darn down deep that you really shouldn't have done it, but you really wanted to do it. So you didn't get too close to God to ask him what his thinking was on it or read your Bible to see what his thinking was on it because you might then know for sure what his thinking was. Well, it's back to Proverbs 3, 5. The first three words says trust, first four words, trust in the Lord. And then the, la the latter part, with all your heart. That's what all you're being. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then the promise will is he will direct your path. Well, he says in the midst of that, lean not to your own understanding. Because, again, your own understanding is probably led by emotions. <laughs> A lot of times it is. You know, and, and the world sends this confusing message. I mean, what is Nike's thing? Just do Just it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear that, just do it. Well, that can be any part of life. Well, see, well I'm just going to do it. And I like to use that in relation to Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways he, and all, he'll direct your path. I like to say, just do that. Just do it. And you can just do that or just not do that. So it, it, the Nike slogan works both ways. But I like to use it in the positive. Most of the people that hear the night right. aren't thinking about, I'm going to follow God. Well, 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 They're thinking, well, just do well, it. Well, when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind and you've been meditating on his word, remember, delight yourself in the Lord and uh, 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's Again, a, just let's, do it. Just delight yourself in the Lord. Let's take a poll and ask people, hundred people, the next hundred people you see, ask them what they think just do it means and ask them how many people automatically well, think of Proverbs 3, I'm, 5. I'll have to ask a hundred people who's been transformed by the renewing of their mind. If I just ask regular Joe Blow or somebody that's not saved and that's totally controlled by the devil, I'm pretty sure they're going to say, oh, that just, hey, Don't whatever feels good, <laughs> whatever feels good, do it. We're not talking about those folks. We're talking about, we're not talking about folks that's trying to find a way to well, sin. Right. Well, see, and here's the thing is that as we speak to Christians about this, Christians can't be thinking like the world. We go back and we've, how many times have we talked about we need to be renewed by the transforming of our mind? Right. See, because our old mind said, just do it means if it feels good, it do feels it. feels good, but do it. But now we need to be transformed. We need to have our mind renewed to where just to, do to it. To just do the word. To just do it can remember, mean follow the word. James chapter 1 says, don't just be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer. Oh, be a doer. Just, just be a doer of the word. And not just a hearer. He say, because if you're a hearer only, you, you're like that man who sees himself in a mirror and goes away and forgets what type of man he was. But if you're a hearer and a doer, you'll be blessed in what you do. Again, you'll be blessed, Richard, in what you do. So just do it. And when I say do it, do the word. And do the do's and you. I like what Creflo Dollar said a long time ago in Renewing of the Mind. No, it was a righteousness of God teaching. He say, do the do's. And you won't want to do the don'ts. <laughs> do the do's. Do the things. He's, God's given us exceeding great and precious promises. He's given us a lot of stuff to do. One of them, he said, you can come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need. Well, you can do that. He says you can the trust. The thing is we can live in the spirit. Right. You can walk in the spirit. You can do that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He also said, Proverbs 3, 5, you can trust in him with all your heart. He said you can just do that. And again, it's all about choice. What, what, what choice? Remember, I said before you this day, death and life and death, blessing and cursings. Then he go tell you, choose life, that you and your seed may live. So God gives us choices. And he gives us, it's, I always tell people, it's an open book test. He gives us the Bible, the basic instructions. Oh, you mean, instructions are you trying to say you don't read it once and then close it up? No, no, it's it an again. open book test. You can yeah, always I, I go can in I can read it. that scripture every day. You can read it every day and meditate on it. Once you start meditating on it, that's what God wants you to do. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of scornful, or stands in the path of sinners, but his delight is in the word of God. And in his word does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, who bring forth his leaf in his season, and who... And whatever he does shall prosper. Who brings forth his fruit in the season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever thing he or she does shall prosper. That's the word of God. He, but it's contingent upon you meditating on the word constantly. And when the scripture says meditating, you can speak it, you can ponder it, you can pray it, you can talk to people about it. And he says, yeah, you can do that. But we choose to watch some shows instead, some drama shows. We choose to do this. You can choose to do what you want to do. And the more time, the more that you choose to delight yourself in the Lord, spending time with him in prayer and doing the do's, he says, Proverbs, I mean, 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. God just says, delight in me. And him and his word is one. He said, delight yourself in me. I got some good stuff for you. Remember, Jesus called the word of God, the gospel, the good news. 
and it's still about choice. Right, and that choice can be made every day. I mean, we have a choice. You can watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or you can read scripture. Or you can watch some te- some, some Christian television. You, the choice is yours. Right, and so it's, it's Which one is going to edify it's, you? It's not as if we don't have a choice. We're in America. We We're in the promised land. That, you have access to everything. That we have to watch those And things. most of us got DirecTV and Comcast. We got over 100 channels. And well, Christian, how else are you going to be able to find all those lousy shows yeah, if you don't have at least 100 channels? Right. You know what, Richard? I'm just speaking for myself. Most of the time, my television is on TBN, the Word Network, those two channels. I, I you know, I balance everything out because I know there's leisure time, recreation time. So I like to watch comedies. I like to laugh. So I watch some comics, some comedy shows or some comics. But mostly, I'm watching something that's going to edify my spirit. Because here's the deal. When we get born again, our spirit loves the fellowship with God. It loves to eat the word of God. And that's what it longs for. So when we're not doing that, we're basically starving our spirit. And you said it early. Scripture says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Over in Romans, it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please the Lord. God wants you in the spirit. And Jesus said in John 6, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So we can, we can feast on the spirits, feast on the word. He said his word is spirit and life. You know, we read Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. Verse 6 is, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. To me, what that really means is in all your ways, your day-to-day life. And acknowledge him doesn't just merely mean off in the back of your mind you know he is or he's there or whatever. Acknowledge him means that you acknowledge what he says. So in my day-to-day life, when situations come up, what does God say about this? Well, acknowledge him meaning referring back to what he said in his word. Right. What does God say about God? A lot of people, I think, don't realize how well God understands us because so much of life is in the Bible. He knew so many of the things we would do. Right. And he said, you know what? I got to tell you what to do in response to these things. What, what do you do when you have something against a brother? What do you do when a brother has something against you? How should a wife treat her husband? How should a husband uh, treat his wife? And that's what he means by, in all your ways, acknowledge me. Right. Remember, God and his word are like wet and water. I mean, you can't in, separate them. In everyday life, in all your ways, these situations are going to come up. Most of them, he actually covered. God knowing that we would be who we are covered these things to say here's what you should do when this happens and to acknowledge him really means to know what he says and then to do what he says about to be a doer of it and not just to hear a husband treat his wife how many times if i had a dollar for every time i talked to some guy he didn't really know what the bible said but somebody somewhere told him that the man is the head of the household. Right, he got he that don't know part. anything else about what it's got to say about anything, but somebody told him that somewhere in there it says the man is exactly. the head of the house. So what does he think that means? That means I he can lay on the couch and flick the clicker and tell his wife, give me a sandwich, hon. 
give me a beer, hun. Do this, hun. And I'm the head of the household, so she's got to do whatever I say. The Bible doesn't teach any such thing. This is a headship of responsibility, not a headship of privilege. Right, uh, being master over. <laughs> and so, I mean, the man is ultimately responsible for what goes on in the house. He, It's a headship of responsibility. It is not a headship of privilege where everybody has to do what you say. And yet so many people, they don't know what God says. They don't, And so they run into problem because now... They come to a situation where God has said, this is how you, what you should do here. To go back to um, what do you do when you have something against your brother? Your brother's done something to you. What does the Bible say? Go to them. That's if your brother that, in Christ. Right. If and that, your, your literal brother, if too. If <laughs> that doesn't work, that, then you take some witnesses. What does the average Christian do? They, their brother, I, I, they I, know what they, I know what they don't do. They don't do that. <laughs> they, they, they got something against their brother, so they don't go to their brother and say, hey, you really hurt my feelings, or you said this, or you did that. No, what they, they go tell 20 of their friends, you'll never believe what so-and-so said. You'll never believe what so-and-so did. So they're lining up support now so that all 20 of their friends, not only are they mad at so-and-so, all 20 of their friends are too. And so now they're on their side and now they can really feel like they were wronged because yes, all these people agree. That's not what the Bible says. And so when you hear in all your ways, acknowledge him, the Bible's really talking about when you realize you have something against your brother, acknowledge God, acknowledge what God says. Acknowledge that God says you go to them. Don't go to 20 of your best friends. Well, it's like go us, to them. It's like us in the natural as parents. We, we desire our children to acknowledge the things that we said concerning, you know, life and them going out. If we tell them to go out but be home by 11, we expect them to acknowledge our wishes. So if it's two of them going out, they'll say probably they'll... When it's getting closer to the time, they'll say, well, Dad said we need to be home before the streetlights go out. Well, they're acknowledging the headship, the parents. And God says, and remember, in the kingdom of God, it's relational. Abba, Father. We, we refer to ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's all relational. Husband, remember, Apostle Paul said, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So, again, we have to acknowledge that you have to acknowledge what he said in his his word and we understand in the beginning was the word so god word reigns supreme that's the supreme authority and that's what he means acknowledge me well find out what i said about it in all your ways acknowledge me and then once you acknowledge me that's gonna be the direction of your path that you should take if somebody offends you okay go to acknowledge me what did i say about it oh i told you to go to him okay that's the path you take right there my word is still going to direct your path, whatever it is. And then if you realize they have something against you, as you say, put your offering at the altar and go be reconciled. That's what you're supposed to do. How many people do that? And I gave my story about I had to practice that when I first got saved. I was happened to read in the book of Matthew, and I, I noticed there was a guy in the congregation that I had naught with, some beef with. And I had just read that scripture that night, and then Saturday night, and Sunday here it was. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. I can be just a hearer only of that, or I can hear it and do it. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this because I want to stay in my Abba Father's good graces. 
and I want to be obedient. And again, I sent a couple note. I put, sent a note back like five rows to this gentleman saying, "Hey, can I speak with you before offering time?" And uh, he nodded. He gave the old nod, and I went back there with my Bible and I shared that scripture with him about if you have anything against a brother before you take your offering up, get it right with him. And I and he had offended me back in the day before I got saved, but. Again, I was taking the high road, and I asked him to forgive me for all the times that I disrespected him. And, uh, and I did all this before offering time. <laughs> and he said, yes, I forgive you. And I'm waiting on him to say the same thing because he used to disrespect me as well. And uh, I just left it at that. And a couple of days later, uh, I got a call from uh, this gentleman who was residing as, presiding as the mayor of our city. He called me, and he said, hey, such and such was in my office the other day. And he was just crying like a little baby. And all he could say is he spoke with you on Sunday at Sunday services. He said, what did you say to him? I said, well, I just shared a scripture with him. He said, you know what? I've been trying to minister to this guy for a couple years now. But whatever you said broke through. I was a doer of the word. And that, that word, the scripture says in Hebrews 4, 7, it's living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through the division the of the heart and the soul and the marrow and joints. And there's not a person hidden from his sight. So when you actually do the word, the word starts to work. Remember, the word doesn't return void. It accomplishes what it's sent out to do. And God watches over his word to perform it. So he just tells us, just do the word. Again, just do, just do the word. And you'll get the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> You'll get the reciprocal of the word. You'll get well, the blessing from the word. Look at what he says there at the end of verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Then he says, and he will make your path straight. There it is. So I'm not going to make my own path straight. He will. If I acknowledge him. And him and his and word I are one. do what his word says, he will make my path straight. Well, that's back to this one. He says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He tells you, repay no one evil for evil. He say, How many Christians do that? Well, yeah, but, but he <laughs> says, when you bless those that persecute you and you don't trade evil for evil, he says, then I will reap up coals of fire on their head. He said, I, and I always tell people, can't nobody get your enemies better than God? Right. That's if why he says, vengeance coming, is mine. Take care of them. Right. So if they don't have it coming, they don't have it coming. Right. So he says, let me handle them. He said, you just pray for them and bless them because and, and, vengeance belongs to me. Right. He didn't say it belongs to you, Richard. It's, and a lot of Christians, I had to tell somebody the other day, another situation happened with some members of my congregation and our sister, domestic violence dispute. And the other sister said, shoot, I'd rather, let, let's we brought his name up, his name came up, and she said, yeah, some concrete shoes is what he needs, some concrete <laughs> boots. And I was like, well, what the scripture says about that? It says, bless those that persecute you. Pray. I said, we supposed to be praying for him. She said, yeah, but he did that to my sister. But still, now we got to be a doer of the word. And when I explained it to her, and uh, we, we prayed for her. We laid hands on the, the spouse and prayed as a point of contact for him and prayed for him because he was in Virginia. And we prayed for him. And uh, a couple of days later, he called because she was just out here visiting. And he called, and I got to talk to him. And I told him, brother, we've been praying for you. And that really touched him. And he, I stayed on the phone with him about 15 minutes just ministering to him about being a man. Because anybody can be a male, but being a male. And before we got out, off the phone, he's like, thank you, mister. Thank you, mister, for doing that, for praying for me and for talking to me and giving me some wisdom. 
He's only 20-something years old. See, and, and here's the thing, is that in those kind of situations, and they happen all over the place, in those kind of situations, there is a legal system, and the legal system has to do what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people in those situations get arrested. They need to go. They but go we're in the jail. kingdom system, too. But we, as believers, mm. are supposed to pray for them. Right. So the legal system's going to do its thing. Right, and we're going to do our thing. Then we have to then pray for those people. That's our thing. We have to pray for those that That's to seek you first. That doesn't mean that the legal system won't do its thing. And they went to court, and the legal and system did their thing. Its thing. But that doesn't then mean that we forget what it is that we're called to do. God doesn't say, pray for those that despitefully use you unless it's a really bad crime that you don't like. And that's what I had to explain to the two sisters. Yes, what he did was heinous, and and you guys went to court, y'all pressed charges and all that. But if you're saying you're a believer, both of you guys are Christians, now what does the king of kings say? What does your Lord and Savior, how, how does he desire you to act in this situation. He didn't say pray that they get some concrete boots. He he didn't pray, say pray for vengeance. He says bless them. He, he, Jesus even said if your enemy is thirsty. See, and you can only do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because in the sinful nature, you're going to want to. Oh, back pray. in the day. You're going to want to concrete Richard, boots in the Back in nature. the day, I would have never told them to do that. Right, you'd have been helping them mix I'd, the concrete. You're right. I've been helping them mix the concrete. <laughs> but now that I'm filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and filled with his spirit, I can walk in the spirit. That's what it and means to walk in the spirit. that's the only way we can do this. Yeah. Stuff. When it talks about praying for those that despitefully use you, talks about loving your enemy, the only way you can do this is in the spirit. And you only cannot way, do this in, this, in, in our in, sinful nature. He talks about seeking first the kingdom, God's way of doing things. You can only do it if you're born again, if you're walking in the spirit, filled with the spirit. You can't do that because if you're not, you're totally controlled by the devil. Well, in our own sinful nature. I tell people all the time, you can, you can forget the devil. He don't even need our help. We, our own sinful nature, we can do all kinds of terrible, evil things without the devil getting involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, the default mechanism on a human being is a sinful nature, and, man, <laughs> we can just do fine. Yes, you know, people blaming the devil like Skip Wilson used to do, and then the devil made me do it. <laughs> Forget the devil. He don't have to make us do nothing. Well, he could just have said, the sin nature made me do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You, it's you automatic. Just, you just stand <laughs> back, and there she goes. Right, it's automatic. But we're to live in the spirit. We're not to live according to the sinful nature. But, yeah, you can only love your enemies and those things as you live according to the spirit. But God, when we acknowledge him in all our ways, when we do what he would have us to do, he... I love this. He will make your paths straight. He will be the one who will do that. It won't be up to us. He will be doing it. And all that means also, that means without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're operating in faith when we're doers of the word and not just hearers only. We're, we're, we're proving that good and perfect and acceptable will of the Lord. And that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. We pray that you were blessed by this segment. And we want to remind you as you... Continue to go throughout this week. Keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California. 
888-985-9527, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.